The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder and the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. Uh, Christ Universal Temple is in the midst of our 60th anniversary. We're going to celebrate it all year long and into next year because our anniversary started this year, but it's going to go all the way through until the 61st year. So we're having some uh, some good times. If you're in the Chicagoland area, stop by, check us out this week. You know, we have uh, an acknowledgement program for some people that are supporting our uh, fundraising for the expansion of the ministry um, and building improvements, et cetera, et cetera. And we also have um, the gospel singer Darius Brooks coming in. And we have some get other guest speakers coming in on the 23rd. Reverend Dr. Thurman Evans, who is a phenomenal speaker, and um, some other gospel singers, and a full gospel concert by our choir on October 30th. So I just want to make sure that we're present to that, and um, if you're in the Chicagoland area or you plan on possibly being in the area, stop by. You don't want to miss the gospel choir. Uh, not gospel choir, the gospel concert on October 30th. Our choir is going to put on a program that you will not believe, so make sure you're in the house. Now, we're in the midst of a series, and you can get more information at www.cutemple.org or go to the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page or call the church, 773-568-2282. Now, we're still in the midst of the series, Open Your Mind to Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. Uh, this book is so powerful. I'm having a really great time teaching this book, and I think that this book is practical and some of our best work because it gets directly to the point of the best primary principles a person needs to do to first to start to shape and shift the consciousness to becoming a prosperity thinker. We want to make sure that we are prosperity thinkers, that we we're thinking big, which, by the way, just reminded me that I'm teaching a seminar at Christ Universal Temple that will be free. We will re- receive a love offering on the book, The Magic of Thinking Big. I'm doing a seminar on The Magic of Thinking Big, the book by David Swartz. But anyway, back to the book, Open Your Mind to Prosperity. So today we're going to get into 
create your prosperity first through the spoken word. Now, this is a really key chapter because it covers a lot of good material because many times we read a thing, but we really don't get into it in a way that we really need to. And what I mean by that is this. We can read material, but at times we need to express it. And one of the faculties, when people start talking about spiritual faculties, especially in the unity metaphysics, unity metaphysics or, or as taught by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, concept of 12 powers, and etc., is that the power faculty through the throat, as you speak the word, you're bringing uh, energy from one plane of existence to another. Sometimes through the, the act of speaking, you are forming, you are shaping, you are creating. To speak is a creative act. So we have to learn to not just think it or read it, but actually bring it into expression. Many times when you when I'm talking and teaching people how to work with affirmative prayer, I'll say things like just saying it in your mind isn't enough. Your ears need to hear you saying it. Sometimes as you speak the word, you are literally conditioning your own mind to accept it. But you're also creating the vibration. You're also speaking the word to draw experiences back to yourself. But if you can't speak it with conviction, you really don't have it in consciousness. So one of the ways to really test if you really believe a thing is how you speak it. Because if you don't believe it, your voice won't be strong. Your body language won't be uh, in alignment with it. So, for instance, I can, for lack of terms, harass you into shouting a statement of truth. God is the source of my supply. Say it louder. Say it louder. Okay. But as you're saying it, what's going on in your body? How does it feel? And sometimes you have to say it and 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 say it. Over and over again, because you're literally shifting the 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 subconscious mind, the, the your and how it relates not only mentally but also physically. Can you wear prosperity statements? What do I mean by wear? I mean, can you comfortably mentally fit yourself into affirming the truth of prosperity for yourself? On a consistent basis, because when you can't, that's telling you that you need to do more work in that area. It's sort of like um, going to the gym. You're working with a personal trainer and you find out, oh, I need to work on these hamstrings. Oh, I need to work on my cardio. I'm getting out of breath too quickly or whatever. So when you start to push yourself, you discover the areas that need work. That's a good thing. So I think some people don't have a problem reading a lot of self-help books. But you, but then when you listen to their conversation, their conversation will tell you where they really are in consciousness around this particular subject. So it's one thing to read material, pick up the one book and then put it down. Pick up and, and I can bet a dollar to a donut. If you're listening to this show or you're following the shows on Unity Online Radio, you are already a, either a, a decent to a to an above average reader. But it's not just reading the material. You have to work it. And one of the main ways you work it is by speaking the word. I can't say it enough. You have to learn how to speak it and say it for yourself. If you can't declare it's true for you, then there's no way that you can own it. It's not a part of who you are. If you feel wrong saying it, that's telling you that your belief systems, your emotions, your feeling nature, your memories are tied to some erroneous belief, some concept, some thought from the past that's that's struggling to accept what's coming out of your mouth. It's sort of like when possibly when you were a kid and your parents made you make up with a, somebody and say you were fighting a friend or a relative or whatever and you pull two kids together and you make them apologize. 
you know, you'll see little kids like, I'm sorry. And they really don't want to say it. And their faces twisted up because their mouths are saying it. But their body language is saying, I don't believe what I'm saying. I'm not in agreement with what's coming out of my mouth. And sometimes as we're saying things, we're saying one thing, but something else is going on. So let us be mindful that you must speak the word. And I'm not saying that automatically, you know, that it's going to be comfortable. You know, just think about that. Anything you've learned how to do is not necessarily comfortable from the jump. It takes work. It doesn't make a difference what it is. It doesn't make a difference. So let's get right to the book. So the book on page 76, she states, third paragraph. Well, first of all, the name of the chapter is Create Your Prosperity First Through the Spoken Word. But now the third paragraph. <clears throat> by first listening, by first listing your desires and then picturing them, you create your good on the invisible plane. So it's some things that we sometimes need to do on the invisible side of life before we start speaking the word. In other words, let me be clear about what I'm speaking life into. She says you gather the substance. She calls it gold dust. You gather the substance of the universe together on the invisible plane. So the, the concept of writing down and then picturing or imaging, because we talked a lot about that the last couple of weeks, actually is forming and shaping the universal potential and possibility or essence of the universe that some people call substance and then it states but it is through the spoken word of prosperity that your words then move on that invisible substance form it as definite results and give it birth in the visible world let's go back and look at that it is through the spoken word speaking the word just like in Genesis, let there be light, let there be firmament, you know, et cetera, you know, et cetera, et cetera. In those, in the, in the allegory of the creation story in the Bible, God is declaring that which God wanted to have manifested. So we have to do, declare what it is that we want to see manifest it and again let your ears hear what's coming out of your mouth anyway so it says it moves the word moves so when i hear move i think activity so the word the word or speaking the word is is, is sort of like propelling it's pushing it's moving it's acting it's sort of like in physics you know you know, something that is not in motion tends not to stay in motion. In other words, if it's still, it tends to stay still until it's moved upon by something. So your spoken word moves to push your good from the invisible to the visible. It moves on it. Then it says, form it as definite results. Now, this is key because you've already written down what it is that you desire. And then you've taken time to work with your mind to mentally image it, picture it through visualization, through visioning, through treasure mapping, or some people call it vision boards, or she calls it will of fortune. And the, from that, those definite images in mind that come from writing it down and doing the imaging work, you now have the, you speak the word on the definite word on that which you see to bring it into the visible world. Now, does that mean that there's never any outer action that you have to do? I'm not saying that, but that's dependent. But some people speak it and then the circumstances come across and what, however they need to navigate it, they, they navigate it. Sometimes it's speaking the word and it shows up. And, you know, I was, you know, talking to, you know, um, you know, a minister who was working with something and with in the midst of the person's prayer work, a fantastic donation was made to this minister's church. 
No outward action was done. It was the inner work and speaking the word. And when I say fantastic, I'm talking about six digits without the decimal point. So why is that important? Why am I sharing that? Because it can happen like that. And some people will speak the word and through the speaking of the word, they create the scenarios and situations that allow the prosperity to show up to them. People are drawn to them. Ideas are drawn to them. Opportunities are drawn to them by the power of the spoken word. But we have to consistently do it. We have to consistently do it. So let's get to some of the points that she gave on page 77. She wrote, if you would have more prosperity come to you, speak definite words that will bring it. Do not expect a general affirmation to produce a specific result. I love that because sometimes some metaphysical students who are, who have not produced the level of prosperity that a Catherine Ponder has produced or a Napoleon Hill or, you know, a Reverend Ike or a Reverend Coleman, you know, they're like, oh, just be still and, you know, thy will be done and whatever happens, happens, you know, God will give you what you need. Get that. You know, but I love the analogy that Reverend Ike uses, and I want to read it, you know, from his book. He has a book called um, uh, Science, A Science of Living Study Guide, Reverend Ike's Secrets for Health, Happiness, and Prosperity for You. And I'm thinking about actually teaching this one day uh, on this show. But there's so many chapters. There's so many chapters. It would take me a, a while to teach it. Anyway, he wrote this. I cannot repeat too often the fact that you have to be specific. You have to be definite with the infinite. The infinite can only become definite when you become definite. You have to define and declare the good you want before you get it. By the infinite, we mean the unlimited God. By means of man, unlimited God can do and have anything. But it is a person's responsibility to choose and define Exactly what the infinite will be, do, and have through him. Then he said, a few times I've caught myself standing in the elevator with the door closed. Then all of a sudden, when it is about time for me to be at the floor that I wanted, I realized that I haven't gone anywhere. I discovered I hadn't gone anywhere because I had not pushed the button. I had not defined and declared where I wanted to go. What a great example I think that that is. We never push the button. We never choose where we want to go. And when we don't choose, we don't activate the power. So when you are declaring, when you're choosing and then speaking the word, you're activating the power. She goes on to say that great people, page 77, the great people of the Bible knew the power of the spoken word. And they dared to get definite about prosperity in their words. Think about that, you know, you know, when Jesus told the people, sit down, uh, 5,000 plus uh, women and children. We only have five loaves and two fishes, Jesus. Tell the people, sit down. Let me break. Let me bless and then feed the people. Now, I don't know how that happened. I'm not, you know, I tell people in a heartbeat, I don't believe fish and bread start multiplying in baskets like popcorn in a microwave oven. The point is, the people received Provision. He was very definite that the people be fed and he blessed what he had to produce more. However, it worked when people wanted specific results, they prayed for those specific things. It's all through scripture. So when people tell you, well, it's not okay to pray for things, don't pray for stuff, don't pray for things, don't pray for money, don't pray for whatever, it's, 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 not, it's not even biblical. You know, people came up to Jesus. He would say, what do you want me to do? I want to see. You know, whatever. People would bring, dropping people in, in <laughs> through the roof, taking roofs apart to drop people down. What do you want? He's in his bed. He, he's paralytic. People want to get up. You know, what do you want me to do? 
the man at the at the the the, the, the uh, at the pool of at, I think it's Bethsaida in the book in the Gospel of John, waiting by that pool for thirty eight years. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want me to do? Because sooner or later, we can talk all the talk about this is what happened, and this is why I don't have what I want, and these are the things that are going on, and these are the circumstances that are happening, and the law of God, universal mind, divine mind, divine law, principle, whatever the term you want to use, is saying, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? So we're coming up on our first break. So, we will be right back with Truth Transforms. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, just a reminder that this show, along with all the shows on um, Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, make sure that, you know, if your heart is telling you, you know, to help support this ministry, online ministry, do so. Um, and we'll leave that at that. Also, I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page. Uh, which is True Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. So go on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, like the page, share it, comment. It's also the quickest and easiest way to contact me through the uh, inbox message on Facebook. Um, uh, I check that far more than I check the email for the show. So uh, it's the quickest way to contact me. Uh, finally, before we uh, go forward and get back into the book, if anybody wants to call in, they can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. So I just uh, want to uh, get back to the book now, page 77. So she gives a, a point that I think is so powerful that she that I need to spend a little time on it because she brings it up over and over in the book. On page 77, she wrote, speaking to a person that was a part of her um, church service, he was reminded that for every 15 minutes of inspirational study, he should spend at least five minutes speaking affirmations. Now, I'm requesting that you try it. That... Put into your calendar, even if you got a Google calendar, it three times a day. Well, all you do is take five minutes to state affirmations, uh, write them down, uh, put them in your phone, find a series of affirmations. You can take affirmations out of this book or any other book, create them on your own again or whatever. And I'm not saying that if you read an hour, you always got to do 15 or whatever, 
the, the equivalent would be. But I am saying that just try five minutes of affirming. When was the last time you just took five minutes affirming truth straight through without stopping? Again, affirming it to in a way where you are speaking it with conviction. Just God is the source of my supply. You know, I'm alive, alert, and enthusiastic about life. I am the peace of God in action. God is love and I am love. I'm abundantly supplied by the infinite supply of God and all my needs, wants, and desires are instantly met. You know, just over and over again. You know, saying it with feeling over and over again because what you're doing is you're training your subconscious mind. You're conditioning your subconscious mind. You know, neurologists would say that you're creating no new neural pathways. So just try it. Three times a day. And all I'll say is just try it for the next week while we're studying for this. I'm not saying long term. Whenever you hear this show for Three times a day. Prepare what you want to do the, the, the day of. In other words, get your affirmations together. Even if you just, you have ten affirmations and you're just repeating them over and over again for five minutes. Over and over again for five minutes. And then do it sometime in the middle of the day. And then do it again before you go to sleep. Training your subconscious mind. To align with the truth that already is. Speaking the word to form and shape, as she said, it's a definite result. Uh, the ideas you wrote and pictured. Speak the word. Again, as Reverend Ike said, you must be definite with the infinite. Just try it. Because, again, if all we do is read these books... We're not going to get somebody else's prosperity consciousness by osmosis. I don't care how often you read about swimming. That does not mean you can swim. I don't care how much basketball you watch. That doesn't mean you can play basketball. You have to get in the pool. You have to walk on the court. And you have to be about the activity of doing it, not just Reading about it. I can't state this enough. Part of it is understanding you have to do it. She said on page 78, reading about prosperity isn't enough. It is the spoken word of abundance that gathers it to you. Now, one of the things that I, I like to quote uh tell people is a quote from joseph murphy the gist of it is uh no one should go he said going to your family about your marital problems is like going to a carpenter to get your teeth fixed in other words they might be loving they might be supportive but do they have the skill to help you if you go to a carpenter to get your teeth fixed he could be the best carpenter in the world, but that doesn't mean he has the skills to help you get your teeth fixed. When we start, when we start talking about the development of financial independence, prosperity, wealth, money, we should study the people who, one, have produced results, and two, and or have taught other people how to produce those results. It's one of the reasons why I like reading Catherine Ponder. Because I know for a fact that she worked it. Because she was a classmate and very close friend of the late Reverend Coleman. They were at Unity together. In ministerial school. So and and Catherine Ponder was was had worked at these principals twenty years ago, twenty plus years ago when I showed up at CUT. She had worked them twenty years before that, et cetera, et cetera. And her work has been validated because she then taught other people 
how to do it and produce the results. So we need to be very mindful that it's good to study from experts. Everybody has an opinion, and that's great. But who are you listening to and why? And are you willing to put into practice the things that they've taught? It does matter. It does matter. Make sure that you're putting into practice the things that she's saying, not just reading about it. I can't state it enough. All right. Back to page 70, uh, back to the book, page 79. Why prosperity affirmations are so powerful. She wrote, the ancients knew why. They knew about the dynamics of sound. They knew that every spoken word has tremendous power and that by, uh, this is what I highlighted Certain arrangements of words, tremendous vibratory forces can be set up in the invisible, profoundly affecting substance and producing results. So as you speak the word in an arrangement of words, you have to realize that 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 you are you are a divine expression of God. Therefore, as you speak the words of truth of prosperity, of health, of peace, the the power of God, when you know who you are, when you're, or as you work to know who you are, is behind these words. Then she says the five minutes a day thing. Now, I said three times a day, but because the reason why I said three times a day, she's saying now you can work wonders in your life by affirming prosperity out loud for just five minutes a day. And I'm clear she's good on that. But I, but if you, if you can get dynamic results by doing five minutes a day, then let's triple it and do it three times a day, 15 minutes, five, five, five throughout the day. Because when you're trying to get a breakthrough, you don't have time to do it in a normal way. You have to go beyond the call of duty to make sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that you're pushing through to your breakthrough. Page 80, bottom of the page. Be definite in your words about prosperity. She's saying the same things over and over again. If you want prosperity to be definite about you. Now, I like that. Be definite about somebody, you know, when you're definite about a thing, it can be definite about you. You know, you know, it's almost like a marriage, okay? It's a reason why, uh, you know, married couples, most of them wear wedding rings, you know, because it's a definite step. A, a, a marriage is a definite step of commitment. The ring is a symbol of the commitment. I'm definite about you. I'm very clear about who I who who you are to me, and and then vice versa. That's a definite move, right? Uh, so when you are working with truth, the more definite you are about it, the more definite it can be about you. You have to be able to speak it for yourself. If it's you have to literally at times speak life into a thing that looks like it's dead. Speak life into it. Like literally, in the book of Ezekiel, it's a, uh, a a chapter where it says the Lord was speaking to Ezekiel in a vision. And in, in the vision, he saw a bunch of dead bones. And he said, what do you see? He said, I see a valley of dead bones, dead men, bones. He said, speak to him. He said, prophesy. Speak to speak to the bones. And as he spoke to the bones, the bones started to come together. And then they kept coming together. And then, you know, the, the, the muscles and the you know, arteries and the flesh and skin, etc. Until it was a, a legion of men standing in front of him. And this was supposed to symbolize the restoration of the nation of Israel. But it was dead bones until he spoke life 
into it. So today I'm saying speak life into your finances. Now I'm saying finances. I know I've said prosperity is many things. Prosperity is health, wealth, peace of mind, harmony, fulfillment, all of that stuff. But I'm talking about a specific thing right now. Speak, start to speak life into it. You might say, well, my money's good. Okay, fine. Then take it and push it on one and start speaking the word about some other aspect of prosperity that you desire in your life. Maybe you have the money, but you don't have the health that you desire or the peace of mind or fulfillment that you desire. Then guess what? You have to start to speak life into it. You must be definite with the infinite. Back to the book. Page 81. By using prosperity affirmations, you are not trying to make God give you anything. You are only trying to open your mind to receive the abundance he has already given you. So I already have as my birthright the divine ideas of God. God, divine ideas of life, love, wisdom, power, and substance to form and shape in my life Based upon my understanding, they're already my birthright. You know, I can remember uh, years ago that uh, when I first came to Christ Universal Temple CUT, one of the first things I noticed in the park when I came into the parking lot was so many people had prosperity as my birthright license plates because at the, that was one of the things that Reverend Coleman would affirm consistently. Prosperity is my birthright. And people would go into the bookstore and and buy those license plate frames and put them on their cars front and back. Prosperity is my birthright. And psychologically, picture you you're you're driving and you see a statement like that on your on somebody's car. It was a declaration, a declaration of being comfortable enough to affirm it even while you drive. Now, obviously, you're not speaking the word in that sense, but it's, it was supplemental to the statement. Prosperity is my birthright. People are walking around with little name tags. Prosperity is my birthright. People have bumper stickers. Prosperity is my birthright. I was, um, not long ago, um, I saw a bumper sticker, you know, because some people keep cars for long periods of time. You know, they keep, you know, they keep, you know, buy old Cadillacs and things of that nature. And cars that are good cars, if you keep them in good repair, clean, and you do your work, you can keep cars for decades sometimes if it's a good car. And I saw somebody with a prosperity, uh, not a prosperity, an a, a abundance campaign sticker. And the Abundance Campaign was a campaign that Reverend Coleman had started in 2000, 98 or 2000, around that time. And what was interesting about it was, uh, you know, she was basically like, I want everybody to have this bumper sticker on their car because it had to join the Abundance Campaign, something like that. And it had the church's phone number on it. This is before, you know, websites were really popular. And it was interesting because... When that campaign started, I saw those bumper stickers everywhere. And people were checking in saying, what is this abundance campaign thing? I had people calling me. I saw some bumper sticker with the church's name and phone number on it. And they would ask me about it. And I was like, you know what? This is a campaign. We're affirming God's abundance is money. God's abundance is health. God's abundance is peace. God's abundance is fulfillment, joy, whatever. The different sermons that she was teaching out of it. But it, it stayed in my mind. You have to, you, every aspect of you got to walk the abundance conversation. You got to think it. You got to feel it. You got to speak it. You have to act it out. And anything that's around you ha has to be in alignment with it. Prosperity is my birthright. Join the abundance campaign. Why? Because I'm, gonna, I'm in the abundance campaign because I know that God is the source of my supply. 
and 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 being unapologetic about it because if you can't stand the scrutiny of having wealth then you can't have it if you have the um if you have the 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 what's the term I want to use if you scrutinize yourself if you if you're always talking about people of wealth you know uh then and you think there's something wrong with that, then subconsciously you'll push wealth away from you. Why is that important? Because we can't assume that everybody who, who who's wealthy got it in a deceitful way. That's a that's a that's a conditioning. If you believe yourself to be an honest and honest person with integrity, and you believe though they don't have integrity and they don't care about people, then you'll push away that because you don't want to be a person who lacks integrity or honesty. The subconscious mind will play tricks on you like that. So we just came to our second break. Time for our second break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug, Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. Let's turn to page 84. Uh, second full paragraph. Uh, let's go first full paragraph. I'm not going to read the story. She gives a lot of examples in the book. Again, can't and won't read this book paragraph by paragraph. You have to read it to get the stories because she gives some excellent examples of how to actually use the word. I'm trying to pull out the principles so you can apply them in your life. But I want this is why I want you to make sure that you're always reading the book with us because it allows you to be able to get some information that I just won't cover. Stories that you might be able to relate to to help drill home that I really can't cover in an hour and then expound on, you know, and interpret principle. Anyway, she goes on to write, they prove the power of speaking the word as one wants things to be regardless of conditions. The spoken word is so powerful that it begins to change conditions to conform to what has been spoken. Now, you speak the word for the what for the ideal the complete ideal not progressive steps you speak it as done the way you want it and see it completely in your mind you know so 
you affirm that which you desire in its completed form. This is key. Before anything changes, because it is your speaking life into it that changes it. All right, back to the book. She goes on to say, the law of demonstration demands. And we're talking about law of demonstration, which, which is, again, thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. All right. The scripture says it this way. Galatians 6, 7. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, so shall he reap. All right. The law of demonstration demands that what you desire to be in and to do, you must declare you are and can do. Let me read that again. The law of demonstration demands that what you desire to be and to do, you must declare you are and can do. So that which that which you want, you have to declare that you have. That which you want to do, you have to already say that you can do it. The person you want to be, you have to affirm that you're that person already. She goes on to write, many a person has struggled needlessly for years with the problem of supply. With his spoken word would have quickly released the necessary funds to him. Again, it's in doing the work. Then she talks about your secret text for prosperity. And she talks about using the term Jehovah or Jesus Christ in your affirmations. Now, here's what's key about this to me, because she's not using it this from, from this context. But I think that I need to explain this. Words have the meaning that you give them. And certain words in certain cultures are associated with certain things. So in the Western world, especially in a Judeo-Christian context, using affirmations with Jesus or Jesus Christ or Jehovah, which is, uh, you know, ancient European German translation of the Hebrew YHWH. They translated it JHVH. That's how we got Jehovah. That's a very short version of that. I'm not going to explain right now, but. The point of it is, when a word has meaning to you and you affirm it, it helps you tap into uh, a deeper level of conviction and feeling, which activates the power at a greater level for you. So, if saying Jesus Christ is da-da-da-da-da, Jehovah is da-da-da-da-da, if that helps you shift, then use it. But it's not some being whether it's Jesus or anybody else, if you're Muslim and you say Allah or if you're Buddhist and you use Buddha or whatever you want to use or you're Taoist or you're Hindu, it's, it's the, the sacredness of the word is the meaning that you give it based upon your context. I like using I am because it's affirming God, but I'm also affirming that it's God in me. I am is my spiritual identity. I am is your spiritual identity. So I personally like using that. But then she gives great demonstrations about how people were affirming Jesus Christ this or Christ that and made marvelous demonstrations. And I know some fundamentalist friends of mine who pray with Jesus in everything that they pray and they get results because it's, it's, it, it calls up, it stirs up the gift of God in them in a particular way and, and as a metaphysician I would say that that's just the power of their consciousness working through divine law they don't care how it works they just want the results and I get that and that's cool my grandmother was a praying woman my maternal grandmother hard praying woman and everything she said every prayer she had had about 50 Jesuses in it but she got consistent results consistent results consistent results people came to my grandmother for prayer you know uh prayers for healings, prayers for breakthroughs, prayers for money, and a lot of prayers to get me out of trouble. <laughs> but anyway, 
the point that I'm making is this. The terms that have meaning to you, that are dear to you, use them. That makes sense. Again, I like to use I am. That's me personally. Or I'll use Christ in me or God in me because that makes sense to my mentality. But but if saying Jesus Christ or Jehovah, I am or whatever term you want to use, Christ consciousness, Christ mind. I know someone very close to me at this church that normally she uses the term Christ mind when she prays. The point of it is this. If it lifts the vibration of your thinking, it's a good thing. Catherine Ponder likes using Jesus Christ affirmations. What I would say is experiment and see what works for you. That's how you'll know. And it, and when you have as you work with them and you try different things, when you get that feeling of conviction and knowing, work with it, stick with it. Because when it's all said and done, it's about your results. Page 89, she talks about the prospering power of the Lord's Prayer. She wrote, there's a tremendous power, prospering power in affirming the Lord's Prayer, instead of, which is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Instead of taking it for granted and breezing through it in the usual 15 seconds, begin to speak it over and over, slowly, deliberately, authoritatively, and when you feel this electrifying, energizing, and you will feel this electrifying, energizing, and transforming effect upon your life. So, right off the bat, in that in the Lord's Prayer, you start off by saying, Our Father. So you're saying that we have the same source, the same creator, everybody. And Father was a, was a term of endearment that Jesus used, um, you know, to to discuss God. Matter of fact, it is known that he used a, another term as well uh, called Abba. Our Father is in, in the Lord's Prayer is another word, but but Abba is sort of like saying Daddy or Dad, very personal. You know, in other words, like you know, Dad will take care of me. I have a daughter that's seventeen. She doesn't doubt. Daddy will take care of her. It's a mentality. It's an assurance. And when you're praying, even in the midst of that prayer, uh, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, et cetera, et cetera. Give us this day our daily bread. You're affirming it. It's a series of, you know, it's a, a series of affirmations. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Sacred be your name or your nature. You know, you know, thy kingdom come. You're you're calling forth the kingdom of God to be manifested in your life. I can go on and on, but the, you get my point. He goes on a page. She goes on a page ninety toward the bottom of the page. She she wrote, Jesus was quite positive in all his affirmations. He made big claims on God and demonstrated them. His prayers were filled with strong decrees. This is something to think about. So if you if you look at how Jesus prayed, you know, if you go into the Gospels and, and, and you know, you Google prayers of Jesus or how Jesus spoke to specific situations, he always spoke from a position of power. Go do this, say this, whatever, you know. And that allowed him to get the demonstrations that he desired. All right. So she says, try affirming the Lord's Prayer. She wrote on page 91, prayerfully repeating the Lord's Prayer is a great success formula for invoking healing, peace of mind, vitality, right action in one's affairs, prosperity, and guidance, as well as great power for breaking up and dissolving heart conditions quickly. That is a very long sentence. Anyway, the point of it is, try it out. Check it out. See what you can come up with. She also talks about how we have to be mindful of the words we use in general. She wrote on page 92, your casual, uplifting words can inspire others to tremendous success. So in other words, are you speaking life into other people? 
She reiterates this on the bottom of page 93. You can work miracles in your life and in the lives of others through your casual, uplifting, prosperous words. You can also work financial miracles by spending forth, excuse me, speaking forth prosperity affirmations for at least five minutes a day. These are ways of creating your prosperity mentally first. So next week, because we wrapped up this chapter now. We're going to talk about the secret of permanent prosperity, and we're going to be ta- we're going to talk about tithing, practicing, which is a practice of the law of giving and receiving. And again, I'll say it over and over again next week. But let me just state this again for the obvious: the tithe should go to where you receive your spiritual food. I always tell this, you know, where it, because it matters. You know, as I tell pastors, ministers, I got your back. The tithe should go where you receive your spiritual food. You know, it doesn't make sense for me to to attend Christ Universal Temple and send my tithe to ABC uh, Apostolic Church or Baptist Church down the street. The tithe should go to where you receive your spiritual food. So get prepared for that and we'll go from there. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, Looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose? Join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. before in the history of humankind has change been so rapid. Jobs of yesterday are disappearing, and new careers are being discovered. Where competition once prevailed, there is now a pioneering spirit of cooperation and creativity. It has been said, real learning comes about when competition has ceased. When we release limiting ideas and fears, we are then free from a competitive living way is open for cooperation and harmonious living. By relaxing, letting go, and renewing your faith in positive and good outcomes in all affairs, you can make a harmonious difference in your ever-changing world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. 
On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 